It's a great day to live for Jesus. This is the In the Word podcast with Pastor Mike Grover, a chapter-by-chapter devotional journey through the New Testament where we will browse the background, discover the doctrine, and practice the principles of God's Word for us today. Today in the Word, we are in John chapter number 9. And uh, have you ever questioned the value of a difficulty in your life, maybe to the point where you even ask God why? Well, this is one of those stories we're going to read in just a minute. You got this guy who's blind, and Jesus runs across him with his disciples, and it opens up this whole conversation that really takes all of chapter 9. And I love the way it begins. It says in verse 1 in chapter 9 of John, And as Jesus passed by, he saw a man which was blind from his birth. Now connect that back. In the last chapter, Jesus is in this argument with the Pharisees at the temple. And it says in verse 58 of the last chapter, Jesus said to them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, before Abraham was, I am. Jesus declaring his deity. Look at verse 59. They took up stones to cast at him, but Jesus hid himself, and he went out of the temple, going through the midst of them. Now look, and so passed by. Now chapter 9. And as Jesus passed by, he saw a man blind. So you understand, this is in the context of Jesus getting out of harm's way from the Pharisees because he didn't want to die that day. He had to die on the cross. But even though he was navigating this crowd and getting away from the temple, and Jesus was not so preoccupied that he didn't have a heart and take notice of this man in the crowd who was there. And the Bible tells us that he was born, um, he was blind from his birth. Now I'm going to continue reading in verse 2. It says, and his disciples asked him, saying, Master, who did sin, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Jesus answered, Neither has this man sinned or his parents, but that the works of God should be made manifest in him. I must work the works of him that sent me while it is day. The night comes when no man can work. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. When he had thus spoken, he spat on the ground, and he made clay of the spit, And he anointed the eyes of the blind man with the clay. Man, that's kind of a little different, right? And he said to him, Go wash in the pool of Siloam, which by interpretation means sent. And he went his way, therefore, and washed, and he came seeing. Verse 8, The neighbors, therefore, and they which um, before had seen him that was blind, said, Is not this he that sat and begged? Some said, This is he. Others said, It's like him. But he said, I am he. So they're kind of figure out, is this the guy? Is this the dude? And he's like, yeah, yeah, it is. Verse 10, therefore they said to him, how were your eyes open? He answered and said, a man that is called Jesus made clay. He anointed my eyes and he said to me, go to the pool of Siloam and wash. And I went and washed and I received sight. They, uh, then they said to him, where is he? He said, I don't know. They brought, uh, they brought to the Pharisees him that before was blind. So they kind of took him to the religious leaders to let them see what was going on. It was the Sabbath day when Jesus made the clay and opened his eyes. There's a point there. Then again, the Pharisees asked him how he had received his sight. He said to them, he put clay on my eyes, I washed and I do see. Therefore they said some of the Pharisees, this man is not of God because he keeps not the Sabbath day. Others said, how can a man that's a sinner do such miracles? There was a division among them. They said to the blind man again, what do you say of him? That he, that, that he has opened your eyes? He said, he's a prophet. 
But the Jews did not believe concerning him that he had been blind and received his sight until they called the parents of him that had received his sight. And they asked them, saying, Is this your son, who you say was born blind? How then does he now see? His parents answered them and said, We know that this is our son and that he was born blind. But by, by what means he now sees, we do not know. Or who has opened his eyes, we do not know. He is of age, ask him. He'll speak for himself. And these words spoke his parents because they feared the Jews, for the Jews had agreed already. If any man did confess that he was Christ, that he would be put out of the synagogue. They didn't want to get excommunicated. They didn't want to get kicked out of the church. Therefore, his parents said, he's of age, ask him. Then again, they called the man that was blind and said to him, give God the praise. We know that this man is a sinner. He answered and said, whether he's a sinner or not, I do not know. One thing I know, whereas I was blind, now I see. Then they said to him again, what did he do to you? How did he open your eyes? He answered them, I've told you already and you did not hear. Would you hear it again? Will you also be his disciples? Then they reviled him and said, you're his disciple, but we're Moses' disciples. We know that God spoke to Moses. As for this fellow, we know not from whence he is. The man answered and said to him, why, this is a marvelous thing that you know not from where he is, and yet he's opened my eyes. Now we know that God hears not sinners, but if any man be a worshiper of God and does his will, him he hears. Since the world began, was it uh, not heard that any man opened the eyes of one that was born blind? If this man were not of God, he could do nothing. They answered and said to him, You were altogether born in sins, and do you teach us? And they cast him out. Dude got himself excommunicated. Jesus heard that they cast him out, and when he had found him, he said to him, Do you believe on the Son of God? He answered and said, Who is he, Lord, that I might believe on him? And Jesus said to him, You have both seen him, and it is he that talks with you. And he said, Lord, I believe. And he worshipped him. Now, I read most of that chapter because in John chapter 9, really, the whole thing is about this man that was born blind. Difficulty in his life. And they come across him and the disciples ask this question to Jesus, who did sin that this man was born blind? Was it his parents or was it him? Now, first of all, they're automatically attributing this man's malady to some sin, direct sin, not indirect, the sin of creation and just we're all born into this world broken, but a direct sin. They said, was it his parents' sin? Well, maybe we can catch that. They did something wrong and there was a consequence. You know, maybe his mother was taking drugs. Maybe she was doing something. And because of that, there's a birth defect and he was born um, blind. So we get that. But the other one makes no sense at all. Uh, who did sin him or his parents that he was born blind? So what they're saying here is possibly this guy sinned before he was ever born. You say, well, how in the world? Well, there's several beliefs that could lead to that. One of the beliefs that would have been held by some people in that day, which would have been a really a Greek philosophy from Plato, is that before people receive human bodies, there's spirits and there's some good and there's some bad. So maybe he sinned in that realm. Um, maybe it was kind of a view of a reincarnation. Maybe there was some sin in a past life that passed over to this life. Um, some believed, and the Pharisees taught, that it was actually possible for a child to sin while they were still in the womb. Now, some of you moms, while you carried your baby, maybe it felt like they were sinning in the womb when they were kicking you and, and poking you with an elbow or something else. But the Bible doesn't teach that. 
Um, maybe some have speculated they were considering maybe this happened because of something that God knew was going to happen or some sin he would do in the future. Or maybe they were just talking off the top of their head and just said the first thing, some dumb comment. Well, the reality is there's a lot of possibilities as to why they would ask this question. But in Jesus' answer, we see that this guy's blindness had nothing to do with his or his parents' sin. Now, we cannot say that it had nothing to do with sin at all because, you know, when Adam and Eve fell in the garden, the curse of sin entered into this world. And here's the reality, folks. Every single one of us are born broken. It may be a physical handicap. It may be, for all of us, it's definitely a spiritual brokenness. That's why we need Christ. It could be a, a mental or a social or maybe even a psychological thing. So in that sense, this blind man really represents all of us. We're all born broken. We're all born spiritually blind. But in this case, they want to really take up the physical issue in his life. And I love the answer of Jesus. They said, who, uh, who sinned that this man was born blind? Was it his parents or was it his him? Was it him? And Jesus basically gives a one-word answer and then an explanation. His one-word answer is neither. Neither of them sinned. He said, but that the works of God may be manifest in him. Now that word manifest means to be brought into the light. So what Jesus is saying is this man's blindness is an occasion for God to reveal to them, to be revealed to them. This guy was actually being used of God to be a light in his malady. Now throughout scripture, we see that God has light that he's revealing to us. Um, there's the light of creation. Over in the Psalm, it says, the heavens declare the glory of God, the firmament shows his handiwork, day unto day utter speech. Man, you cannot look at creation and not automatically assume there's a creator behind it. You got the light of creation. Um, you got the light of conscience over in Romans uh, chapter 1 and 2. It's talking about the failed conscience of man. And it talks about even before the word of God was given, man's thoughts either accused or excused one another. And we have the light of our conscience, right? It's not a perfect light, but it definitely jabs us. Um, you have the light of commandments. Once again, in the Psalms 119, it says, the entrance of your word gives light. It gives understanding to the simple. And Jesus talked about how mankind is blinded by Satan lest the light of the gospel should shine into them. So God reveals himself through the light of creation. There's the light of conscience. There's the light of his word or the commandments. Hey, there's the light of Christ. He says here in verse number four, he says, um, I am the light of the world. And as long as I'm in the world, you have this light. I believe it's in verse five. So you got that light, the light of Christ while he's in the world. But then you have another light, and this is really the light that's going on here. It's the light of the Christian. Jesus said, you, um, Jesus said, I am the light of the world, but he also said that you are lights as well. Now, Paul takes up this teaching in Philippians chapter 2. And in Philippians chapter 2, it says in verse 13, It is God that works in you to will and to do of his good pleasure. So he says, God's working in you as believers. And in verse 14 of Philippians 2, he says, do all things without murmurings and disputings. Now look at this. Do all things without murmuring and disputing that you may be blameless and harmless, the sons of God without rebuke in the midst of a crooked and a perverse nation or generation. Now look at this. Among whom you shine as lights in the world 
holding forth the word of life that I may rejoice in the day of Christ. So what God says is when we are allowing God to live out his purposes in us, we literally are lights in this world. So why was this man born blind? Was it because of sin? Jesus says, no, it's that God might be manifest in him. So I asked the question in the beginning, you ever have difficulties come into your life that make you question their value and even ask God why? Well, there's a great answer to that overall why is oftentimes God is just using us, the good, the bad. And when I say using us, I don't mean in a selfish using. I mean, God is using us for his glory. We become a tool in the hand of God, a vessel of his glory. In our good times, in our bad times, in our tough times, you see, God desires to take that circumstance and he desires to make it light. And this blind man became a light. Look in verse number eight. It says that his neighbors came and they said to him, is this the one that we know? Is this the one that was born blind? And, and so he was a light to his neighbors here. And then he was a light to the Pharisees because you get down into verse 15 and they begin to question him and they begin to attack him. And the guy's like, well, this is a great thing. Have you ever heard of anyone having their eyes open by someone who's like not doing the will of God? So you had these religious leaders that just didn't believe in Jesus Christ. God's using this man to be a light. And I love it said to his neighbors first, that practical aspect of right where we live. And then he was a light to the larger religious culture and world. He was a light to the Pharisees. And the Pharisees, man, all their traditions, the Pharisees had so many traditions that were so ridiculous. I stopped and wonder, I thought, man, why in the world would Jesus not just say, your eyes are open? He sits there and he spits on the ground and he makes clay and he puts it on the guy and then he tells him to do something. Did you know that making clay on the Sabbath day was a violation of the Pharisees' traditions? Healing on the Sabbath day was a violation of the Pharisees' traditions. Jesus was really taking a jab at them. Why? Because he was the son of God. And in a sense, these Pharisees were trying to be in direct competition with God's will. And sometimes the establishment or that which is seems the, the common order of things can actually be working against the work of God and what God is trying to do. That's what they were doing here through their traditions. Man, they had more loyalty to things being done the way that they felt like it should be done than this poor blind man sitting here laying to the side in the crowd. They were more ready to stone Jesus than to help this guy. But I love the heart of the Lord that he stops, violates all of their traditions, and goes right after this one that had a need. And the, and the Pharisees, beyond that, what did they do to the guy? They kicked him out of the synagogue. And these Pharisees had such overwhelming influence and they pronounced fear over people his parents hardly couldn't even rejoice in the fact that their son could now see. They were more afraid of being kicked out of the synagogue and the power of, man, the, the authorities. That's what religion does, right? Religion doesn't help the hurting. Religion just puts more burdens on them and says, yeah, we will accept you and you can become part of us. But you know what? You got to take our traditions first. And we're not talking about taking the word of God. We're not talking about repenting of legitimate sins here. We're talking about making clay and putting it on someone's eyes so they can be healed and somehow seeing fault in that. You see their traditions. You see them kicking him out. And, and I love that you see the progression of this man's understanding. In verse 11, they said, who did this? He said, 
some guy named uh, Jesus. That's all I know. And then you go to verse 17. They said, who is he? And he said, um, you know, he's a prophet. Then you go down to verse number 25 and they say, who is this guy? And it's like, well, this is someone that, uh, you know, he's got to be doing the work of God because no one can do this work if, if God was not working in him. And you see that in verse number 25. He said, all I know is I was blind and now I see. And this guy did it. Then you look over at verse 35 and Jesus said to him after he gets kicked out of the synagogue and Jesus knew it and Jesus goes to him and he says to the guy, do you believe on the son of God? The guy's like, who is the son of God? All I know is some guy named Jesus who I think is a prophet healed me. And Jesus said, he that speaks to you, I'm the son of God. And I love what it says in verse 38, the culmination of his journey of faith. It says, I believe. And it says, and he worshiped him. Man, the progression of his understanding, it's some guy named Jesus to where it's the Son of God and I am worshiping him because I understand he is God, the Son. So you see the progression, you see the teaching of this story. Man, and there's so much application for us in this. You know, one would be that we should live our lives in such a way that others see the change in us. And when we have opportunity, we should give voice to the work of Christ. So first of all, the change was there, but then he opened up his voice. He opened up his mouth. He gave voice to it. While we're doing this, we ought to expect some opposition. Not everyone's going to be happy with the change that takes place in us. And ultimately, what our focus ought to be, our focus ought not to be on the people and what they think of us, good or ill. It ought to be on the Lord. It ought to be on worshiping him because he is worthy. So why did this happen, Lord? What is the value of difficulty in my life as a believer is that people may see the works of God, that we may be a testimony to them. So the word for today is this, be the light of Christ today so that those in darkness can see the work of God in you. Thank you for listening today to In the Word. Join us every Tuesday and Friday for new episodes as we continue our devotional journey through the New Testament.